the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the show. This is The Boys of Tech, episode 244, for week commencing Monday, the 11th of November, 2013. It is the 11th of the 11th, and hopefully at 11, 11 a.m. this morning, you remembered to, uh, I don't know, to remember the fact that there's lots of 11s. Anyway, my name is Edwin Herman. I'm in the studio here. I am joined, uh, hopefully, by Kim Farah, who's my co-host this week. Kim, are you there? Yeah, I am. Right, Hi, I, Ed. I, I say that because we had uh, half an hour worth of connection problems we were trying to resolve on Skype, weren't we? Yeah, we are. I think we're all good now, though. It looks. It sounds like we're all good. We're all good. Uh, you, at, at least it's not reconnecting every seven seconds, which is what was happening earlier. Dropping the connection and uh, Skype trying to re-establish it. Well, look, I tell you what, Kim, it's been a, a busy old weekend. Of course, here in Wellington, we had KiwiCon. Ben Sunko, one of our regular uh, panelists, was there, as was I. Um, I was going to think about what to report from there, and I really don't have a lot except for one thing. I, I will. There was one outstanding talk, uh, at least for me, that stood out, and in fact, he won the Best New Speaker Award at the end, and quite well deservedly I think too and that was a talk by William Turner from Christchurch I think and it was about getting around the, the smart card uh, system used by the buses by the, the metropolitan buses in Christchurch and he found that uh, they certainly weren't secure at all you can you can get round the uh, the limits of $2 in debit and $200 in credit. They don't mean a thing, they're just theoretical limits. He demonstrated how he could put any amount of, of money on his card without actually paying for it. And then, of course, ride the buses essentially for free. Wow. Yeah. There'd be a few people out there that would have uh, wanted to be at that lecture. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was interesting too was that the card readers – on the buses, trusted the card. And, of course, they have to to some extent because they could be you know, somewhere where there's no connectivity, so I can't go back to the servers and check, do you really have this, um, this amount of money on your card? But, but worse still was that the servers themselves trusted what was being sent back. So really, all you had to do is tell the card that you had, I don't know, $500. The readers would accept it. That would get uploaded to the server. The server would go, okay, you've got $500, and away you go. Wow, okay. I wonder what you need, wonder what he did to kind of program that, how he actually did that. He yeah. did go through the, uh, you know, he, he didn't go step by step, but he certainly told us the methods he used and, and you know, how, he told us how it was done. I wonder if it's also like the different, if they've got a different system to Wellington. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it is uh, slightly different because I know that, well, Wellington runs two different systems, 
and one of them is I, I think similar at least in the in the, the user experience and in, in that in Christchurch you don't tag on and tag off you just tag on look I haven't been to Christchurch and used their buses uh, recently but I assume it's like the one of the Wellington cards where you tell the driver where you're going and you present your card and then you get off without needing to tag off and that's how the Christchurch ones work the I think the uh, Mana and Newlands coach services use that here in Wellington the other one used in Wellington is different and that is the uh, the ones used by Go Wellington where you have to tag on and then as you get off the bus at the other end, you then have to tag off. Uh, but that's, um, I, I suspect, a different system. I, I really don't know what the, what the technology is yeah, used. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. I guess they're going to be looking at that a bit closer now. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> told them. So yeah, I think the the council, because uh, he, he told them and the council responded saying they were going to, uh, get it fixed, but they've reprioritized getting a new website ahead of that. <laughs> I think they need to get their priorities right, don't you? Yeah, I think so too. New website or fix a security floor? Yeah, um, lots of free trips. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, anyway, there were some, some other very, very good talks um, out there. Look, I, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I mean, if you, uh, you know, kiwicon.org if you're interested. Um, because everything's up there. You, you can read through the, the list of talks. So, yeah, KiwiCon.org. That was KiwiCon 7, 2013. Cool. So that was that was cool. really good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, Kim, let's kick off with some stories. Uh, Tesco, I want to start off with. Tesco has announced it's done a deal with an advertising company, Amscreen. And what, it's, what it does is as people are standing in line at, at the Tesco stores, well, this is going to be at the uh, Tesco petrol forecourts, um, in fact. It's got a camera that looks at the people in line, they're standing in line, and determines what uh, gender you are and what age bracket you're in. Based on that, and you know, with some software, based on that information, it will then serve you up the you know ads that are appropriate for that for that category. So, uh, if if uh, if you're a little old lady, perhaps you might get served up uh, ads for I don't know some. I don't know, crochet magazine or something, I don't know. When you say served up ads, is that on, is she on the trolley as you're walking along? Oh, no, sorry, or on the screen. It... No, no, on the screen uh, in the store, sorry, in the uh, at the service station. Ah, so I have a screen, there's a screen, a, a big screen showing these electronic ads, camera looking at you or, you know, the, the people standing in line queuing up. And, ah. yeah, it can work out whether you're male or female and uh, guesstimate your age. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of freaky, isn't it? Well, that's what a lot of people you know? are saying. That it's a yeah, little bit, it's like, yeah. is that invasive or, you know? Well, would you be okay with it? Yeah, I, I probably would be. Like, I'm not, you know, some people are very kind of, I guess, security, you know, want to keep focused, you know, like they want to just kind of keep in the distance or not want to have their photos taken and stuff like that. So I think quite a few people might, you know, have a bit of concern on that one. Yeah. There are, people, you're absolutely right. There are people who, who think, no, this is a step too far. They could be storing this information. On the other hand, doesn't it mean that you're going to get served up much? in theory, much more targeted ads, ads that, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, in theory, I should not be served up an ad for a Zimmer frame, right, mm. if I queued up, because I'm not 60-something or 70-something. Yeah. Um, but, on the, you know, on the other hand, I, I might be served up an ad for, um, I don't know, for a new television or something or a, mm. a ready control helicopter or something like that, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, okay. and I guess also at the same stage, it's only guessing, you know what I mean, or it's got some sort of program, but it doesn't really know what you want so it's, no exactly you know 
kind of, yeah. Exactly. All it's going to do is rough age and gender. Other, that's basically the, the two things it's going to try and determine. So absolutely, I mean, it doesn't really know, you know, what you're into. Although some people say what it could do, technologically speaking, now they haven't said they're going to implement this at all, but technologically they could then hook that up through a, a face recognition system, locate your profile on Facebook or Twitter for that matter, mine your data there and then work out what you're into. And if, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you, you, I don't know, if, if you're on Twitter and you talk a lot about a radio control craft, you know, radio control helicopters and so on, or perhaps follow people that are in that, into that, then certainly you might get, you know, served up with an ad like that. Now, that to me is a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's kind of like yeah, cyber stalking, isn't it? It is. Yeah, they're chasing you down. With, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to buy it, buy it now. Yeah. Those screens, are they just going to be like at, at when you're waiting at the counter or as you kind of go through the store? I just can't quite figure out how it works. From what I've read, it sounds like they're going to be at the, you know, as you're, as you're waiting in line to, to pay, you're mm. queuing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, it's and, and kind and of interesting. A, there's obviously a screen there somewhere, I, I you know. I, you, sometimes you do see them behind the counter, you know. Um, I've seen them in stores here. Not these intelligent ones, but just, you know, electronic screens showing an ad and they'll often be behind the uh, the store clerk. Mm. Yeah, it might be a bit late by the time you're in a queue. Well, the, well, go yeah, back, you well, know? well the, oh, there is that about it. But on the other hand, when you're waiting in a queue, you've got people's attention because people are, are, are standing there with, you know, really nothing to do other than to get to the front of the queue. So at least you've got their attention. But like you say, uh, Kim, you know, you're in the, in the line. You're not going to go and, uh, and and buy that product, it, certainly if it's a product available um, in the store. But I guess you're kind of still planting that seed for next time. So Yeah, well, that's a thing, yeah. isn't it? That's how advertising works. You're right. So even if it's not a, uh, a call to action ad it's uh, and it's just a branding type uh, campaign, then absolutely. Uh, it's certainly planted that seed for next time. Totally. And at the end of the day, the advertiser doesn't matter where you buy it from. They don't care whether you're going to buy it from that store right then or perhaps the next morning on your way to work. So I don't know. Um, hmm. Some people find this really creepy and uh, think it's just a step too far that it's uh, you know invading their, their privacy. I think, in my opinion, is that implemented the way the way it's described is fine. Perhaps if it were to go further and and match your face to a, a Facebook or Twitter profile mm. uh, to, and then mine your data. To me, that's a little, you know, it's a little bit creepy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're yeah. not, not going to do that. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a good thing. You know, as I say, you're going to get ads that in theory are, are more targeted towards your gender and your age bracket. So that's a good thing. I personally would not really want to see crochet magazines being advertised <laughs> to me because I have no interest in that. So you say. <laughs> now, where's that other stack of magazines? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Incidentally, um, just this reminded me of something. Last year at KiwiCon, uh, I think it was last year, I walked in you know, after one of the breaks and, and I, I I like to go back a little early so I can get a, a decent seat. And I looked around, there wasn't... There weren't many people in there at that stage. Uh, most were still on the break. But there was one woman, and she kind of stood out because she was an older woman, 
Whereas, you know, most people, for a start, there weren't many women to start with. I mean, this thing mm. is like 98% males. Yeah, and, and most probably of them quite are, young. Yeah, most of them are 20 and 30-something. And this woman was, look, I I don't know what her, she's at least 50. She, she could have been close to 60. And she was sitting there knitting. Huh? And I thought, uh-huh. are, you at the, are you even at the right conference? But anyway, I saw her again this year, uh, minus her knitting. Certainly last year, it, it really hit me. I thought, this is kind of like the opposite stereotype. You know, it's it's usually uh, males, 20 or 30-something, wearing black, like heavy metal, like beer, um, and have big eunuchs beards. Mm. And then here's this woman. <laughs> This, yeah. this sort of older woman knitting. It just really doesn't It's interesting fit. if she's here twice because then it's like, well, maybe she just went with her grandson or something like that or, you know what I mean? Well, some, some younger kids, but, you know. She appeared to be alone. But aside from that, uh, people were kind of speculating that maybe she's a spy. And mm-hmm. that's her cover. Although, of course, I think they, they're overdoing it. I think the spies are a little, a little a bit more intelligent than that and, and would uh, – probably find a, a 20 or 30 something year old yeah, male dressed in exactly. black with a eunuch's beard. Exactly, not standing out as much as No, exactly, yeah, that's kind of like the opposite. Sec- yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, was Steve Wozniak, oh, lovely guy, lovely guy indeed. He, of course, the uh, was one of the co-founders of Apple. Uh, he came out with an interesting quote, and you know people love to quote quote this guy. And, and occasionally he's a little uh, he can be quite outspoken uh, about what you know what what's happening with Apple and Apple products. And he's come out recently in an interview with the BBC, and he said, "I wish to God that Apple and Google were partners in the future." Mm, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because I. I mean, the thing is, as well, is is that that's his kind of thoughts, but he he doesn't really have any much influence there, does he? No, these he, days. he does. You're right. He doesn't have any influence. Uh, of course, he likes to comment because it was, of course, once his company, mm. and I guess it kind of will always be his and Steve Jobs's company. But no, you're right. He doesn't have any influence on the on on, on Apple at all. But uh, he certainly likes to speak out. And in his view, Apple should be working with Google and Google should be working with Apple. They shouldn't be competing head-to-head as they are. Mm. And I guess if they did do that, there's some huge advantages both would kind of gain. So, Oh, yeah, you'd, you'd get the best of, of both worlds, really. And, and I mean, you, you look at the way things have gone now, you know, things are so bad. Between, when I say so bad, I mean, in terms of the relationship, well, like there is no relationship, such that, you know, Apple have even uh, now removed them, the, the maps. The, the, well, this is a little while ago now, but they removed Apple Maps. Uh, sorry, they removed Google Maps, I should say, and replaced it with Apple Maps, and it means that Apple have had to reinvent the wheel. You know, they'd have they they obviously had to create their own mapping technology when Google's mm. was so brilliant and still is exactly, and they've had all that time to build up as well. Yeah, know, so right? exactly, it's it's a lot of time, a lot of money that really has just gone in in going their own way. And likewise, I think Google could learn a thing or two from Apple. I mean, isn't Siri brilliant? She's great, isn't she? She is. Yeah, definitely. Google could have that. And, you know, Apple could have Google Maps and so on. And the two could work together and and all that sort of stuff. But they don't. 
Mm, exactly. So th- th- um, this is may- maybe an ignorant question, but they don't have anything to do with Microsoft at all, do they? No, not at all. They're separate. No. They're separate. So they might they be are. thinking the same thing, you know. But I mean, Google's, I guess, in that position, they can do what they want, really. Yeah, they can. That the I mean, Google. I mean, Apple is worth more than well than any company in the world. It's the most valuable company, but and they've got ample cash. But at the same time, Google is so big, and especially in terms of a customer base. Google is massive. You could argue the two don't need each other. I mean, Apple's quite capable of going its own way, and so is Google. And, and in fact, they are. That's exactly what they're doing, and they're surviving very well indeed. Mm. But, uh, and I think Woz's point is that although they can go their own way and they're capable of doing that, that he, he wishes they wouldn't. He wishes, it, like, life would be better, things would be better if the two worked together. Mm. Having said that, sometimes Woz does come out and say things without... I, I guess fully understanding, you know, the inner workings. Mm. You know, and I say that because it could well be that Steve Jobs and, uh, you know, when he was at the head of the company, and uh, Tim Cook, uh, who is obviously the head now, you know, Steve may have thought, and and Tim might well indeed think the same thing right now. But perhaps there are just, th- you know, there are things uh, that just won't let that work. So, yeah, exactly. It might be like, oh, well, that's a nice to have or a bit of a wish list or, you know, I'm just thinking about something, but whether there's any steps or anything that would, you know, happen to to do that. And, and I guess the other thing is, is they've both kind of got their specialised uh, things that they do. You know, it, would it be a bad thing to amalgamate them and, you know, lose their competitive edge? With what they do, you don't, you don't know. Well, it's interesting because the two companies were indeed quite, uh, a lot closer, obviously, you know. Anyway, like like I say, you know, sometimes Woz does come up with these ideas that perhaps, uh, perhaps or perhaps not, we don't know, but could well be easier said than done. It might just not be, you know. And, and he did say that, I think. He said that I'm probably wrong. There's probably an awful lot I don't know about the business concerns. And one thing you've got to remember is a company uh, has always got to make money. So, you know, he, he's saying he realises that, you know, he doesn't know the inner workings of Apple, let alone Google. So, you know, his you gotta take his comments for you know for what they are. But anyway, mm. he, he, you mm. know the moment Woz says something, everyone latches onto it and quotes it, and it becomes a story, as it has here on the Boys of Tech. Okay, now we know that uh, uh, texting and driving is very dangerous. Perhaps uh, arguably more dangerous is using the internet while driving. Now, the only time I've ever done that is while the car was stationary. But, you know, there's this one trucker and there's a there's a video on YouTube. In fact, I'll tell you what, I'll post the link on uh, on our uh, website, on our, in our show notes, boysoftech.com. This is in the US and the police, uh, the US police there have released this video to show people the dangers of being distracted while driving, in particular on these, uh, you know, internet enabled devices that require a lot of concentration. This truck driver was driving along, had the uh, truck on cruise control, 66 miles an hour, 106 k's uh, kilometers per hour. And uh, he was he was looking at his smartphone and interacting with his smartphone and did not realise there was a police car in front of him not quite doing the same speed and ploughed straight into the back of it. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it, it's actually quite uh, kind of, uh, I guess, a, a sobering video to watch. But you know what, we're still, 
They looked mm. at his records, his phone records, right? And they found that, okay, what was he doing? He was looking at uh, Facebook. He was looking at YouTube. So we're talking videos. He's obviously watching videos here. Yeah. Uh, he visited porn sites and female escort pages and other social networks. You, this is crazy. This yeah. is, he's doing this while he's driving. Yeah, and he's probably doing it. Yeah, like like it's kind of intimating all the time. You know, that's what he's doing while he's, you know, fill up the day. Yeah, he's probably yeah. done this. But you, you could probably um, assume he's done this before. Absolutely, you know, especially on these long straights uh, in uh, in the US. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, have a look at the video. Anyway, it's have you seen it, Kim? No, I haven't. I have to have a look afterwards. Yeah, take take a look. It's quite. It's quite. Uh, as I say, sobering, I think, is the, is the right term. So don't, certainly don't try to use the internet while driving. I mean, it's bad enough having these uh, GPS devices and trying to look at the map. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess, I don't know if in the States they have, like, banned mobile phones, but I guess that's just that next step, isn't it, really? Ban phones altogether, the use of phones altogether, regardless. Mm. Yeah, well, that, in fact... But, you know, you still can have, like, you know, your iPads or whatever, you know? Well, I think, uh, I, I don't know US law, but it sounds like it is, um, I, I suspect it is banned, uh, uh, that it's illegal as it is. He's He's been arrested anyway. And what is he charged with? Second degree murder, I think. Whoa. It's pretty serious. Yeah, yeah mind you, I guess the states are probably a bit more serious than if you hit a cop car, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's probably, it ramps up your charges a bit. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. And it, it just so happens that these uh, other, there were a number of police cars on the highway and you ploughed into one of them and they were there because of a an earlier crash. Uh, so they just happened to be there and of course uh, he'd had the truck on cruise control and ploughed straight in the back of it. Anyway, there you go. Don't use the internet and drive. We all know about that with texting. Uh, you know, obviously some people think, well, texting is dangerous, but you know, watching YouTube is, is fine. Yeah, YouTube's fine, Yeah. <laughs> Where that logic comes from, I don't know, but yeah. All right, Kim, we'll Mm. take a short break there. When we come back, we've got one New Zealand story on ACC. So, yeah, don't go away. Welcome back. Now, ACC has come up with a novel way to make people more aware of the things that might cause injuries around the home. And strangely enough, most injuries occur around the home. Not at work, not at the workplace, but around the home. Mm. So ACC has come up with this idea of a zombie apocalypse game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they've yeah. come up with. So this is. I'm just in- trying to figure out how this is going to work. By the way, well, yeah, <laughs> I- vision in my mind. I'm like not thinking of ACC for some reason. Well, here's one piece of advice: certainly don't play this on your portable device as you walk around the house, because that's kind of like you know texting and driving. But yeah, um, yeah no, the the, <laughs> the game. Look, I tried playing the game earlier, and and it just took forever to load. And eventually, I had to. I just had to abandon it. So I, and I don't know why it's so slow, but to load. But uh, so unfortunately, I can't give you a first hand experience on it. But the idea that the way it's been designed is that it contains you know content, if you like, in the game that uh, that makes people aware of the risks and dangers around the home. And interest, it's a good approach because it's not a myth. A senior lecturer in advertising at AUT has said that there's compelling evidence that video games, as well as being fun to play, can also help change behavior. 
It's one of the most effective ways rather than just doing an ad campaign or something. Yeah, so is this just kind of targeted at teens and kids and that kind of thing? or No, I think it's actually targeted at uh, people between 20 to 40. Right. That's the target. And they're actually the, uh, you know, they make up a, a large percentage of people who get injured in the home. It's not just the very mm. young and the uh, the elderly oh. and the frail that uh, end up, you know, falling over and whatnot. 20 to 40-year-olds make up a huge percentage of that. And that's where this uh, this game's been aimed at. Okay, yeah, I guess they're also the you know they're kind of that age, just kind of out doing more outside and on ladders and all that kind of stuff as yeah, well. Exactly. Yep, that's right. I think yeah, I think you're right. Ladders. I I I know, I know so many people who've fallen off ladders and injured themselves. <laughs> I know. I dread going up ladders every time, but anyway. Oh, okay, I'll have to have a look. Are you going to put it on the website then? Yeah, I'll tell you what, let's do that as well. Let's do exactly that. I'll, I'll give you the URL now um, over audio, www.safehouse.co.nz, but I will certainly put a link on our website, boysoftech.com. You can go there right now and uh, click the link. So have a go. Hopefully it doesn't take so long to load for you as it did for me. It just took, seemed to take forever. It took me ages to get past the splash screen whilst it was loading content. Uh, I hit play and it took forever to load the next bit that I had to abandon. So I'll try it again myself. Oh, okay. But, yeah. 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 I'm just kind of interested. I'll have to have a go as well. See what I've see what it does. Well, you know, it, it's kind of a cool concept because you know we, if you think about it, to our kids, we often will give them educational games. You know, there are lots of educational games you can get out there for computers or for the iPad, and they're supposedly that the fun to play for, for children, but at the same time they're getting there's a message that gets across. And this is exactly the same concept mm. except for grown ups. And and the thing is also I like at the moment, I love The Walking Dead for some reason. It's just it's a zombie, you know, T V series. So you know? Ah, well this will be right up your market, alley. You know? Yeah. You, sh- you should definitely go and try this game then. This this sounds like it's you know right up your alley, and you'll certainly well hopefully you'll learn something about the risks. And around I'll be your home. safe at home. You'll be the yeah. safest Walking Dead fan out there. <laughs> How's that? That sounds good. Okay, on that note, Kim, I want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Thank you. I've enjoyed it, Ed. Awesome. E- excellent. We'll do it again sometime. Thank you. Excellent. And that was The Boys of Tech, episode 244. Thanks for joining us. See you again next week. Goodbye. (laughs) 